Welcome to another episode of We Ain't Them. I'm your host, Rod the Realist, a.k.a. Rasan, along with my co-host, The Eccentric of Epps. Hey. Before we get started today, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Check us out on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. My lovely co-host, how are you doing today? I'm cool. I'm chilling. Um, just enjoying this lovely weather. How about you? Yeah, this weather is very weird. It's up and down. It's definitely up and down. Yeah, but for the most part, it's like at that point where it's like, oh yeah, summer's definitely coming. It is coming. Yep, you hearing the um, you're hearing the ice cream truck. Oh yeah, when you when you hear the Mister Softy ice cream truck, you know, you know clear for sure. common indication. Oh yeah, in New York. Yeah, well, you know what 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 else was coming? What else? What else? What else? The topic of the day. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the series finale of what has been the craziest three years of everyone's life. Mm. We are talking about COVID-19, ladies and gentlemen. So, on May 5th, um, it was brought to our attention that the pandemic known as COVID-19 has been uplifted and has considered being ended. Um, so thinking about that, we look back at, you know, the past three years um, from March of 2020 to now May of 2023, and just take a look back about everything that has happened. So I want to start with you, Eb. Mm. How, you know, have you coped with the challenge? Uh, actually, you know what? Let's not go there. How was your first reaction when the pandemic first started? When it first started in Asia, I believe it was China was the first country, um, I had no, I didn't think it was going to come to the United States. I thought it was going to stay just in China. And, you know, because, you know, they're definitely a population that's, I mean, it's an overpopulated country. Um, I thought that it would just stay there and eventually it would kind of just die off. Kind of like how, um, what was the name of that virus? Was it SARS? I believe we had like a SARS outbreak in Mexico some years back. And we might have had like one case or two that came to America, but it kind of just died out. And that's what I thought was going to happen with with. At the time, it was coronavirus. It still is, but, you know, we narrowed it down to COVID-19. And um, at that time, um, I remember at the beginning, so it happened in 2019, the COVID, it started in China. And I want to say by the beginning of the year 2020, I remember going to Trinidad for Carnival, me and a friend, and it wasn't until we got back. We got back in, like, early March, and that was when the first case was reported in New York, and at that time, I was like, crap. Like, at that time, I was like, okay, it got to New York. Crap. Like, this is going to just, it's not going to, I thought this was not going to last as long. Just like overall, I did not think it was going to last as long. I did not think that it was going to be, it was going to take so many lives. Oh my God. Like even when I had gotten it, you know, 
we had gotten it pretty early. We got it literally the first month that it was in New York. We got, I caught COVID in March. Um, first, it was my dad. And at that time, we didn't really know how to treat it. We didn't know the precautions. It was very scary. And then people around you just dropping like flies. My dad is not a young guy. My dad was, um, he's in his 60s. He just turned 70 this year. So he was in his late 60s when it happened. He, you know, has other complications. And it was very scary, you know. Yeah, it was, it was just an overall scary experience. And I did not think it would have lasted this long. But I'm very, very thankful that I'm here today to tell the story because I know so many other people don't can't say that you know um yeah <laughs> I it's gonna be something to tell our grandkids I'll tell you that <laughs> you know so um looking at it in the hindsight so March of 2020 happened that that is when it happened mm-hmm. I knew that I was planning so much things to happen I knew I was um going to go see because you know if anybody knows i'm a wrestling fan so my plan was there was a wrestling event that was happening in march i was gonna pay for tickets to go see it i was so hyped and then and, and i was also at work and you know a few of my coworkers back then we um we all were wrestling fans so we was all trying to figure out yo you know what let's all just take a drive to newark and let's go see the show. Screw it. And then the pandemic came. And the first reaction was, everybody needs to leave and go home. Grab your grab grab your stuff and uh, grab a laptop and you guys got to go home. Right? And we didn't really know what was going on. It was just like a little confused. So we're all here laughing it up in the taxi going home because we didn't take the train home we literally took uh we took a uber home i remember that it was me and a couple of co-workers we all took a a big uber xl and we all had boxes of stuff uh we had not laptops we actually had um desktops so we had all that um and we took it home and we was just and we was thinking like how long is going to be we was like maybe it might be a couple days maybe a couple weeks but we're not thinking nothing crazy of it. And it happened and the time went on and I got laid off um, as well as a lot of other co- co-workers down the line. Um, and it was a hard time. It was a really hard time because you couldn't go outside like that. It was It was really messy for all of us. It was, it was a tough time. And we didn't know what the hell to expect. It's, it, it was nuts thinking about, yo, you have to stay home. You have to wear a mask. You have mm-hmm. to do this. You got to clean every furniture, everything. We can't, You can't really see your friends. You can't see your family. You have to FaceTime them. Yeah. And everything was a mess. Now, in that mess, I don't want to talk about it. I, I hope that... You know, our executive producer, Kevin, I hope he's very comfortable with it. But, you know, there were just harsh times for all of us. Very, very harsh times for all of us. Mm -hmm. So much things happening. And one of the things that was crazy is that we couldn't even see our loved ones 
overseas because they shut down everything. Everything. You, you couldn't see, you couldn't, they closed every border possible. Yep. So you couldn't go over to really see your loved one. Mm-mm. And it was just, it was a, it was a really, really, really um, weird time. Um, and the, the weirdest part is to, it, the weirdest part was really to just adjust. Yeah. Um, adjusting to this lifestyle. Now, Ebony, of course, she said she got it early. I do remember because I had to drop off some soup for her and some, some juice shots. And it was bad because I couldn't literally see her face. She would be by the door, and I literally just had to drop off the stuff, and I'd go home. I remember I was crying through the window because I couldn't touch him. Yeah, it was it was a weird, weird time. And the weirdest part about this whole thing was, at the time that she rec- she had COVID, I was in the house. I was with her, hanging out. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the house got it. I did not get it. To, to, to be crazy, I got lucky for two years until November of last year. When I had it. Now, my COVID experience was probably the weirdest, mainly because I was on a camping trip with students. So, in the process of that, it was just cold. It was just naturally cold. So, I'm feeling fatigued. I'm feeling like this. I'm thinking it's just a runny nose and I'm sick. This was a week. I got, I, we left like, we left Monday or Tuesday. We got back Thursday. And Thursday, I went to go test it. And it was like, yeah, you have COVID. I was like, Oh, shit. Yeah, that whole time. So I'm fighting through walking up hills, walking down hills, and all this stuff, still doing my schoolwork and all this. At the same time, it really was crazy because, like, like, yo, (laughs) I really had COVID. Like, that shit was crazy. I mean, luckily, I went through, you know, I survived, I made it through, um, and... It was just tough. It's it was really, really, really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a few people that had it that got COVID. My grandmother definitely got COVID. My grandmother as well. Yeah. And it was harsh because you was just you was really nervous about what could happen, yeah. what hopefully didn't happen. Um, and luckily, some people, you know, uh, for my family on my side at least, you know, they were able to make it through. Um, so I was very grateful for that. Um, and I know on your side as well, everybody was able to, you know, be as healthy as possible. I know you, you, one of your family members did have a big complication due to COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, how's he doing, of course? Good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was scary. There was a couple people who didn't take that, take COVID very well in my family. Literally, I don't know not one person who didn't catch it. I feel like everybody caught it that I know. And like, even... Like, honest to God, yeah, all my friends, my family, that, it's crazy. You were, you were like the last person I know that got, that caught it, which was like last year. Yeah. Um, I will say that besides that, how did, how do you think, uh, the pandemic in general, let's, let's stick basically, mm-hmm. let's stick just to the pandemic before everybody started letting you do hybrid and come back in the office and stuff. Yeah. So let's just talk about you that first year. Let's just talk purely about that first year. 2020. How were you able to adjust just being in the house? Oh, man. So 
what was it, Mar- March 16th, 2020, I believe. That's when they implemented the whole work from home thing. And at first, I was so fucking upset. I did not want to work from home. I I just didn't want to do it. But, I mean, working from home wasn't bad. I mean, hell, you <laughs> nowadays they want us in the office way more. And I'm just like, no, <laughs> you know, but, I, you know, I have to. But um, staying at home and then, of course, when we were just mandated, oh, my God, I thought I was going to lose my mind, bro. Like, you can only be around your family but for so much. Like, I'm be honest. I love my mom, love my dad, love my sister. I love my family. But, oh, my, there were times where, like, eventually when they started allowing people to drive... I would just drive. I had, and there was nowhere to go. Everything was closed. But I I just needed, I needed a getaway, you know? Um, I appreciated my backyard a lot more <laughs> once the weather got a little bit warmer. Um, I adjusted pretty well. Like, I already had everything I needed at home to work from home. So now getting me to go to work... <laughs> now that it's like it shows that I can do my work at home successfully um yeah that th- it took a while to adapt overall but eventually I was I mean it became like a norm it's it was normal for everyone it's like a new norm like they call it the new normal right so it was just like a new thing for for me and I personally like if I could have it my way I would come to work once a week but of course, now they want us to come three days, and I'm sure it's gonna go back to five days or whatever. But you know, the adapting wasn't bad, although I was totally against it at first. Like, I know you didn't like it that much at all. I didn't like it at all. Um, to be fair, at that point, and I only say at that point compared to now, it's it feels like a, a 180 happened. Mm-hmm. It's the weirdest 180. So I don't like to be at home so much because as you'll find out more as this episode goes on, as we'll talk about later, um, I just don't, it feels congested, it feels tight, and it just feels like you don't have much to do. Mm-hmm. Take besides the fact, oh, add on to the fact that we we had a low life scumbag ass wipe of a person who lived in my household who no longer lives in my household and things like that yeah hurting uh somebody who is you know very you know my you know the the be all end all of me you know and seeing that Plus, I had, there was a lot of emotions involved. And 2020 was, of course, when I got laid off. I believe also, there was a few people I know that got laid off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it was pretty bad for layoffs. So a lot of people, there's a lot of unemployment situations happening. And it was like, it was a disaster. It was a disaster waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. Now, did I get lucky? Yes, because in a, a various time, I was able to get another job. But in the process of getting, well, two other jobs, right, actually, working those two jobs, I was just so bored. 
And it wasn't the jobs necessarily. It's just, I just didn't care to do them. Working from home, you have to you have to have a passion to do something to work from home. If not, it's it's not gonna work out for you. So doing something that just feels like it feels like this ain't meant for you, it kinda just it just discourages you. And I can't lie, twenty twenty, I never felt more discouraged in my whole life. Um then entering twenty twenty one um i i left that job i got a new one and shouts out to my managers at um and i only say this because i don't know if they're watching but i hope they do shout out to to my team at freedom care the the first team that i was on and the second team they was all dope everybody was dope but shouts out to the teams that i was on at freedom care because the support system there was a lot different. It felt different. Mm-hmm. It felt like you had a support. Whereas at the job, which I won't say because I just didn't care as much. It, it just felt like, yeah, you kind of care, but you kind of don't. And and I will say this, mentally, it just it drained me. It, it really did drain me. And come 2022, when they were like, okay, we're going to open up more opportunities so that you're not working remote anymore, I took that opportunity. Because unfortunately, working at Freedom Care, you can only go in like once a month in the office. So it was always nice to see my coworkers, but it wasn't like a gradual thing, which I really, really wanted. And had those consequ- had those circumstances happen, I think I still would have been at my job, I'm going to be honest. Cause, cause they were dope people, and it was just always nice to be there. But being at home, I just, I just wanted to be free. Like I really, really wanted to be free, and that's really what pushed me to end up where I'm at now. And, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Like it, it really, it really shows. Now, what it also showed is that. After seeing students, I guess they're adjusting to coming back. They didn't ju- adjust well. <laughs> they it definitely looks like they just. It feels like there was just this power of energy that just made them give up. Because, the pandemic was probably the easiest time for them to get a grade. They just stayed on camera, fell asleep. They didn't really do nothing, mm. all that. Honestly, I could relate. I, at times during work, I fell asleep because there was nothing else to do but just, just do your work and sleep. That's how it felt. That's how it really felt. It didn't feel like anything else but work, sleep, and try to find something to do. Speaking of, Eb, mm. did you pick up any hobbies during the pandemic? Um... I will say this. I I had time to remodel my bedroom. <laughs> that was fun. Um, no, I mean, I, you know, other than content creation, you know, with you, I mean, we birthed We Ain't Them during the pandemic. Facts. Um, which I do enjoy. That, that became a, a joyous thing for me. Um, I fell in love with working out um, during the pandemic. I know a lot of people put on some weight 
<laughs> you know, put oh, on a yeah. lot of weight. Um, I want to say in 2021 to 2022, I was in the best shape ever. Um, um, physically, um, even mentally, you know, I was going to therapy more regularly because I felt like I just needed to have someone to talk to. Um, but I mean, I feel like, and speaking of mentally, I mean, I feel like overall the, the three years that we were in this pandemic, so much shit happened. We had the, the killing of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor. We had all these crazy mass shootings. We had a wacko president in the office who just made shit worse before it got better. We, I mean, as a people... And then, of course, like I said, you factor in the fact that we have this pandemic, we have this this virus that's just killing people by the droves. You don't know. At the, it was just really scary. And it kind of, you know, these kind of things is stuff you hear about in, in history books. And to see that we lived through this dark part of history and some of us did make it through, it's it's insane. And, you know, no pun intended, but... You know, I was reading this article where it showed that from 2013 and then, like, to, like, 2022, the amount of, like, mental illness diagnosis jumped from, like, 11, hold on, 11,000 to, like, 13,000. Like, it was, like, there's an increase in that. And it has a lot to do with what we experienced in the last three years. And I feel like now that the the, the COVID pandemic is allegedly over um i feel like there needs to be more things in place in terms of mental health in terms of support systems um you know and you know even with if we want to talk about other aspects of how the pandemic has affected people i mean inflation is a bitch we over here worried about how much eggs cost eggs <laughs> you know um rents Especially if you live in New York, I can't speak for other metropolitan cities, but as a New Yorker, like, what the hell is going on with the rent? Like, the rent is insane. Like, I would rather just buy a house. I mean, you know, at this point, it seems cheaper. I don't know. Like, it's insane. What I And I hope that this stuff, like, I hope that this inflation crap gets solved some way, somehow, where, you know, it's it's affordable to live here again. Because I don't know what they're trying to do to New York. I, I don't know. I don't want to leave New York. I know that. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. It's insane. Um, well... Back to the hobbies thing, of course. Uh, sorry. <laughs> but back to the hobbies thing. Uh, yeah, I definitely um, think that I gained some hobbies. Um, I fell in love more with, like, video editing. Um, I started learning more about it. Mm -hmm. And that's when, you know, they're not learning from doing the podcast, you know, it was a newfound love. But prior to that... During the pandemic, I started making body butters and stuff like that. I think I'm going to go back to it, but for right now, um, you know, making body butters was fun. It was very fun. It was very creative. You just learn all different kinds of scents and, and colors and stuff like that. It was amazing. And um, Unfortunately, 
He I had s- half of Brooklyn moisturized. I did. Yeah. I did. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe I'll do it again. But for now, mm. um, I I realized that like, sorry, um, I just I just started finding new things to fall in love with. But I do feel like I over. Oh God, I overspent. I feel like the one thing that killed me during the pandemic was overspending. Oh, Going yeah. on and Amazon and oh, just Amazon, buying, Amazon. just buying and Jeff, buying. Jeff Bezos got over like a fat rat. Oh yeah, he <laughs> during did. The pandemic. Yo, that man he is that man is the definition of Scrooge McDuck right now. Oh he, boy, he's swimming on a gold swimming, mine. Swimming on a gold mine. Why? Because we could not stop spending. Mm. And Uber eats too. And Uber. Oh yeah, Uber too. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, shoot, I, I know because I made some money myself. <laughs> so, and, and money, it, it was money at that time. If you was doing Uber Eats, you was making good money. You were, yeah. Because everybody was at home, so and nobody was going outside. So, and they weren't doing, um, um, they weren't doing in restaurant seating. Mm-hmm. So all they were doing was delivery. So people was making monies. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, not everybody made money. A lot of restaurants lost lost licensing. They they lost their business. Mm-hmm. A lot of restaurants had to close. close. There were a lot of furloughs. It, it was a really, really bad time. It was... Um, at one point, one of our favorite restaurants, Sugarcane, was closed. I was going to bring up Sugarcane. I was like, oh my God, not Sugarcane. Yeah, so <laughs> Sugarcane, if you know it on Flatbush... You know that if it, you know, you know. You know that at that point it, it was closed for a little bit, but it's back up and running. Thank the Lord because God, there there are sorrow margaritas be hitting. Um and mojitos too. Oh yeah. Um so it was a lot. It 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 took a lot, it took a toll on a lot of people. Mm. Um mm-hmm. it was it was just it was a lot, but you know, Looking at it in May 2023, things have improved gradually, except certain parts, which you did mention the 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 rent thing, oh and yeah, that there's that a whole another mess in itself. And for them, their excuse is, oh well, we lost money too because people weren't paying rent. Well, why weren't people paying their rent? They wasn't working. If it, people could pay their rent, afford to pay, they would pay it. They was paying it before. I mean, granted, you got some people who don't pay their rent. But, like, people were naturally paying their rent before. A lot of people lost their jobs. And it's like, I guess it was like one of those situations where Peter had to pay for Paul. But it's like, okay, like. Paul we, pay for all. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, like, yeah, it's. I think it's really insane. I feel like hopefully, like this will lower. It needs to lower. It needs to. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I wonder what Mayor Adams is gonna do. Oh, I don't have time to talk about this nigga right now. I know. I just want to because because you know it ain't, it ain't affected him much. No, he's, fucking hippity he, hoppity he, and dancing all over the fucking place. Living, he's living swell. I'm sure. It's not Eric Adams podcast. I'm just, it's not I'm just saying, podcast. it's something to think about. Okay, so besides that, mm. um, there is something I do want to address because I said I would. Mm. Um, one of the tragic things that did happen during the pandemic 
had to do with our lovely executive producer, um, executive producer. Well, actually, two things. That's mm-hmm. a lie. Um, our executive producer, um, Kevin, um, and our former castmate, Latoya, mm. both lost their mothers. Yeah. Um, and it was a hard time. Um, so I'll start. I'll start because I'll start with the first one, which was Kevin. Um, for those was, who don't know, it was Kevin first. It, it was because it happened a year oh, in between time. Yeah. So I'll start first with Kevin. Um, when that situation happened, Kevin, it hit Kevin so hard because Kevin lives in Bermuda. Borders were closed. He couldn't even see his mother for six months. Around the time that he came, it was around Halloween. Mm-hmm. I do remember vividly. Um, and it was just hard. It's hard when you're, you know, especially be like, you know, you're a mommy's boy. And I get that because I'm a mama's boy. So, you know, when that happens, it's hard. It it was hard for him, and it was hard for me to watch. Um, I knew I got real emotional when everything happened, um, and I just I felt that pain, and I could never feel the amount of pain that Kevin felt or still feels to this day because I know that it's still hitting him, and um, you know Mother's Day passing being passed. It's going to hit him still the same way. Um, And it's just, it's tough. And it's even tougher when you couldn't even see your mother um, at her last waking moment. Yeah. But I love Kevin to death. We love Kevin. Kevin has been a backbone to this podcast through it all, through it through. And I don't care what anybody says. Without Kevin, we would not be here. He is our, he truly is, we feel like he's our foundation. Even though he is not here, he always, you know, supports us through it all. Um, to follow up with that, let's talk about Latoya. So uh, Latoya hasn't been around for a couple of, well, for, for like over a year. Mm-hmm. And she hasn't been able to do an in-person podcast. She lives in Massachusetts. Um, with Latoya, it's a lot. It, it hits even more for her is because that was, you know, to give. I really don't want to, but her, her mother was her last parent, and now you know, be living in this world with neither parent, it it was hard. And I would drive to Massachusetts the day it happened. The day she called me, the very next day, me and Eb was on the road to go to Massachusetts to go see Latoya. And I never seen that side of her. And it hit a lot different. It didn't feel the same. And me and Latoya, we go back and forth, like, you know, you know, cat and mouse, because that's one of my close friends. And and I ride Latoya. I really would. Like, that's just how I feel. And at that moment, it kind of, it felt like the Kevin all over again, where I just felt like I couldn't do anything. I felt lifeless. I felt, I felt like the worst person in the world because I couldn't help my friend. And, and the, the, the way she felt. 
and everything that she go she goes through and is continuously going through. And Latoya, I want you to know if you're listening or if you're watching, I always, always, always have your back. And I love you like the third, fourth, probably fifth or sixth sister that I, that I have, <laughs> and that's not immediate family. And I'm really, and I tell you as much as I can, I'm sorry the, the circumstances that have happened to you, but through the years that have passed, you have, with everything that's happened, you've gotten stronger and stronger and stronger, and I know certain days are harder than others but you are strong you are fierce you are a blessing to this earth you are a blessing to me and everybody around you mm -hmm. and i am truly truly appreciative of you i really am covid really did a number on all of us yeah it really really did now I want to just end it because this is this is a hard this is a hard topic to follow. But Eb, what is the lesson that you think you learned from the pandemic overall? Life is short. Don't take anything for granted. Um, and you know, we are not above anyone. We're not above anything. I think that this pandemic definitely humbled a lot of people and it kind of leveled out some things and it just showed that, you know, we're, we're everyone here, we're, even though we come from different races, religions, social class, whatever, at the end of the day, when you boil it down to the skeletal, like the bare bones, we're all people. And I felt like even though I saw some divide, I did see uni unity. And I feel like this pandemic really teach or taught me as well as a lot of people to not take anything for granted and to live life and, and you know, just be the best person you could be. And, you know, pro tomorrow is not promised to absolutely no one because this pandemic did not discriminate. Um, COVID did not discriminate. It didn't matter if you were white, black, Chinese, and Asian, uh, 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 African. It didn't matter if you were a fry cook at Bojangles or if you were a CEO of a company. When it came, it came, and it took whoever it wanted to take with it with them. And I mean, you know what I mean. And you know, tomorrow is just simply not promised to anyone. Seriously. Uh, if. I learned anything from this pandemic, I will say, enjoy life, man. Mm -hmm. Enjoy life and just go for it, go for it, go for it. There is nothing in this world. If, if, if this pandemic ain't show you that nothing, that anything is possible, then I don't know what will. You got to fight for everything that you believe in. You got to work hard and do whatever it takes to just live this life and also enjoy it because because yeah. at any moment it could be taken from you um i will say personally for me what the biggest lesson is is that and i know some people are going to say it's a little mushy and shit i don't give a fuck but 
I look to my left of me and I look at my partner and it made me realize that I could not go another day without thinking that I want to spend the rest of my life with her. Ebony, you are my backbone and mm. I love you so much. And we've we've gone through this pandemic together. We've gone through so much together. Yeah. And I am always so appreciative of you as having you as my co-host, having you as a girlfriend, having you now as my fiance, and now eventually having you soon, having you as my wife. The pandemic made me it, it I know the pandemic may have ruined some some households. It really did. But it made me embrace and love you just a little more. A lot more, actually. Just just made me want to become better. Aw. Darling. Mm. Didn't we say we wouldn't do this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> You're so kind. Thank you. And I'm so lucky. Mm, yeah. <laughs> All right. So... I know we're going to emotional, we're about, you know, we're we're doing the emotional conversation, but I feel like now is a very important conversation that comes next right after that. Now, um, I don't mean to be emotional, but this is one of those episodes, guys. Just got to take it with us. Just enjoy the ride with us. This month is a very important month. For those of you that don't know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. It aims to to raise awareness for those with mental health issues and mental illness and to reduce the stigma attached to them. The goal of the month is to promote early detection of mental health conditions, improve treatment outcomes, and support individuals who are currently struggling with mental health issues. This month is a reminder that mental health is just as important as physical health, and it's important to take care of ourselves in every possible possible way. Sorry. Now, I'm going to ask you, Ab, how is your mental health? Right now? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not ideal. <laughs> it's not ideal. Um... I, I had, like I mentioned before, I did have a therapist during the pandemic, um, 2020, into 2021. Um, but of course, once my uh, insurance changed, you know, um, but I, I do intend by the end of this year to definitely um, start back, start, you know, getting back. Because I feel like um, when I was in therapy, I... I was doing pretty well. I was addressing a lot of things. And, you know, people's lives change. And, you know, sometimes you don't know how to, you know, process certain things or different changes in your life. And it's really ideal to have someone to talk to. So um, I'm definitely considering it. I, I would like to go back. Um, now, Eb, you yourself, you work um, with a lot of people with mental illness. Mm -hmm. Now, how do you feel on a day-to-day -day basis? Like when, me personally? Yeah. Well, not you personally, but, you know, when you deal with your clients mm -hmm. and how you go through the motions every day. Um, it's a good question. Um, well, I mean, 
I try not to just treat it like just a job. You know, every day I go to work, I realize, even though I've, you know, I'm no longer a case manager, I'm now a project manager, um, but I do supervise staff that do what I used to do. And, you know, I will say that I take my job very seriously because when you're in that field of work, you have to understand that this is people's lives you're playing with. You're Like, this is not a joke, you know? So, you know, back when I was directly working more so with clients and they presented mental illness, you know, I always had to just meet them where they're at, you know? Sometimes it's very clear, it's very visually clear that, you know, my clients may need behavioral health services or that linkage to that. And they may not be ready, you know, and it, that's one of the things about mental illness, you know, even though you you know what they need and they may even know, um, if they're not ready to take that step, it's very difficult. And, um, you know, that's just, mental illness is one facet of what I work with, um, the um, community that I serve. Um, but in general, for me, you know, I walk, I come to work every day understanding that I am fighting the good fight. I'm trying to help um, put a change in people's lives and, and, you know, be that voice for them, for those who can't advocate for themselves or don't know how, um, be that support for those who don't have a support system or feel like they don't have or they're alone in this world, um, and definitely um, be that provider in terms of giving them access to healthcare things that they may not know how to have access to or you know they may live in a marginalized community where those things are not as prevalent you know it's my duty to make sure that to speak for those who don't have a voice to advocate for those who don't have a voice and to be that support system and to be that extra um to be that provider you know making a change in someone's life every day you know it may not happen in one day Rome wasn't built in a day, right? But, um, you know, you work every day. Patience, empathy is key. Communication is key. And just definitely understanding. So, yeah. Um, so with the stresses that happen mm-hmm. on a daily basis, do you think that it is time that uh, corporate organizations, different jobs, different businesses... Mm. Do you feel as though they should add on, instead of just a sick day, a mental health day? Yeah. Um, well, that's the thing. Like, they feel like sick days, like, is the umbrella term. Sorry. Is the umbrella term. And, um, like, a mental health day would fall underneath that. You know what I mean? But do you think it should be separated? Because... I honestly do. I don't think that... I think it does, but I don't think it's going to work. Because there will be people... Who take advantage of it. Oh, my God. The boss yell at them, I'm taking a mental health day. You know, like, when there's people who genuinely may need that. Because their job... um, their job requires a lot of um, time, a lot of dedication. You know, they may be under pressure, deadlines. That can affect your mental health. Like, I mean, 
let me not mention my job, but let me just say this. I've always said I will never let a job kill me. I'm going to be honest. I've seen because my thing is if I die tomorrow, God forbid, they'll just they'll just fucking replace me. Yep. Like you're you're irreplaceable. I actually heard one time that that a, a supervisor of mine mm. once said that you and everybody here is expendable. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm not going. I love my job. I love what I do. I promise you, I do. But I'm not going to let it kill me. I'm so sorry. No. Not gonna do that. Um, I have a lot of life to live. God gave me one, and um, I'm not gonna let a job kill me. Not so. I do believe mental health days are ideal. I think that it's needed, especially like like I said. Now that the pandemic is gone, mental health has increased. You're seeing it more on the train stations. You're seeing it more on the streets, and I just feel like. Yeah, we do need mental health days, and I feel like it should be implemented. I just feel like that's like a slippery slope because there will be people that will take advantage, and it's it's going to be very unfair to those who genuinely need that. Yeah, I I I, I get your slippery slope situation because I feel like I feel like that with the Juneteenth situation all the time. What do you mean? You know how Juneteenth now everybody has off all of a sudden. Yeah. All of a sudden, everybody has off on Juneteenth yeah. when, you know, maybe it should be for black people. But that's a slippery slope. It's also a slippery slope. People with 1% African and they DNA coming with some fucking 23andMe oh, um, exactly. 23 result talking about, oh, yeah, like I'm 1% Nigerian, so I get Juneteenth off, right? Like, you know? But, I agree. I, but the thing is, we have to pick what we want. Like, we have to pick something. Like, we want a Juneteenth off, we got it. Like, it's the same thing. As, it's like with Martin Luther King Day, you know? Yeah. Everybody has a day off. True. And and to be to be fair, I do think that they have added more sick days. Yeah. They have. They have yeah. added more sick days. So it's not like, oh, it's a blight to anything. But they have added more sick days. Uh, do I think that now looking at it in hindsight from your point of view, Eb, yeah, I don't think it should be added as a mental uh, mental health day because it's definitely not going to work out. It's not going to benefit yeah, anybody. Yeah, people are just going to, oh, Use I need it as a mental piece. health day. You're picking on me. I need a mental health day. Yeah. Like. So, yeah, just use your sick days, ladies and gentlemen. Just use your sick days and be happy. And that's another thing I will say, just pedaling back really quick to, like, the the change in COVID. Mm-hmm. With COVID, I feel like a lot of things has changed permanently. Like, I feel like when you look at like job descriptions or whatever, they're giving more PTOs. Uh-huh. And um, my God, because people don't really want to go to school like that or college for that matter, they're even like lowering when it comes to requirements. Like, there's like. Be- Jobs that I was seeing that only want masters are saying yes, we want a masters, but like it's like it's preferred, whereas a bachelor is required. Mm-hmm. Before the pandemic, it was the other way around, which is insane. So it's like a lot of things. The pandemic has changed a lot of our lives. It has changed requirements. It's changed a lot of things. It's it's insane. And like I said, for the most part, a lot of men, people's mental health has been compromised for sure i can see and not to make this a money-making thing but 
maybe in about, I want to say we're in 2023, but maybe by 2025, I feel like the amount of mental health or behavioral health specialists um, is going to increase because people need it. We need it today. We needed it yesterday. Yeah. Well, you know? well speaking of mental health, uh, so so looking at it from your side, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say for for me, um, when I see people taking mental health days, one of those one of those big group of people nowadays, I think because of the pandemic, is teachers. Oh, teachers! Oh, wait. You know what? I'm going to stick in my realm. I'm going to stick in my realm because that's the realm I know. But a lot of educators, you can now see that they're burnt out, mm. completely burnt out. The pandemic burnt them out, and a lot of people left. I, I've heard bunches of stories about people leaving due to the pandemic, and they just didn't want to deal with that kind of burnout, and they just moved on with their lives, and it got better for them. Um, but some people stayed, and they were strong, and they were warriors, but... Even nowadays, uh, post-pandemic, it's not as great for teachers as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of teachers are still getting burnt out. A lot of educators are getting burnt out. I know that feeling of burnt out from from starting in September to already, like, November, feeling burnt out. It happens to a lot of educators. Mm. It's really, really sad. And I know there's another group. That I I didn't even think about, did not even think about, but that's nurses. Oh my god! The ho- anybody that's working in a hospital, I know that burn up, that burnout is next level. It's next level, and and it's it's just crazy. It's really crazy when you think about it. So when you think about those things, how do you do your own self care? Um. Man, during the pandemic, my self-care was on 10, okay? I, I, you know, was always making sure that I woke up, I got sunlight, I meditated, I was doing breath work, especially when I was actually diagnosed with COVID, I was doing a lot of breath work, um, you know, I practiced gratitude, I like I said, worked out, working out on my saddest days, even to push myself. When I finally finish, I feel a sense of lightness. I feel, I feel happy. I feel like, oh, wow, like energized, ready to start the day. I had a whole entire routine that I developed when I was at home. Going back to work as much as I do, um, it has changed, and I still try my best to meditate. I had brought a Tibetan singing bowl, and I do a little, you know, I do the, what do they call it, sound bath. Um, I try to do that as much as I can. I try to stretch at night. You know, a lot of my self-care kind of circles around um, trying to make myself feel better and develop some type of willpower. Um, Cause when I, when, when you're at your, when you're feeling your best or whatever, you're able to spread that to other people. I'm able to practice gratitude, practice mindfulness. Um, and you know, my empathy shines, it shows through, through the things that I do naturally. So in terms of self-care today, like I said, because I'm at work more often, I physically have to go, um, I don't get to do it as often. And even 
I will even throw in therapy. You know, that was part of self-care for me as well. That did wonders for me. Just now that I'm talking about it, like, damn, I really need to go back because I want to feel the way I did. Not so much in 2020, but like 2021, 2022. Um, I, I want to get back to that feeling. I do. Um, so for me, self-care is a lot harder. Mm. But for me, it's always like finding something to do. Like I was talking about during the pandemic, I learned how to make body butters. I did a lot of things to distract my mind. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. Making body butter, butters, making this podcast. Honestly, watching a lot of things that had nothing to do with tragic moments. I literally tried to avoid sad moments oh, as much as possible. Oh, my God. Comedy, comedy, com- and and anybody who who is listening to this, even now when it comes to self-care, I will tell you, Watch comedy. Watch comedy. Watch something that's going to distract your mind from anything that's really crazy, crazy things in the world. Anime and comedy really, really helped me out. But anime, and a little bit of anime, really? Yeah, anime and anime made me feel good. Comedy made me laugh a lot. Um, playing playing Nintendo Switch, playing Pokemon. I don't care. I am 30 years old and I still play Pokemon. Kiss my ass. Um, you do? Very much so. Well, Like the show? Or you play Go- I, I Pokemon I pl- Go? Well, no. I had um, I had Pokemon um, cri- Pokemon Sword um, on my Switch, which somebody has. Um, oh, that game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah. I would just play that and just tune out. That was really it. Um, sometimes what I would do is I would just drive, turn up music, and just jam. That just was, jam. Yeah, that was my thing too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. So um let's talk about the last thing um we're gonna talk about is pretty much referring back to what I was talking about. Um the first question I asked you about how's your mental health? Mm. Um, so for those of you who don't realize or who haven't realized yet, I am wearing a shirt that says anxiety state. Um, I was recently diagnosed with anxiety and, um, it's been hard to realize what I've gone through and I've been going through this for years. Um, and I know a lot of people. That are probably going through this years. I know friends who have anxiety. I have friends who are going through ADHD. And I know I am not alone in this fight. I want to send a message to anybody listening. Please, 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 please. When it comes to your mental health. Know your worth. Because you are worth it. Go seek the health that you need. Go speak to somebody. Speak to a supportive cast. Make sure that your supportive cast is taking you every step of the way. You don't need people who's telling you, oh, you shouldn't do this. You should just do that. Don't listen to those people because those people don't care about you. If they really, really did, then they would tell you what's best for you or just support you in anything you want to do. That, let me add, do what's best for you in a positive light that'll make you physically better or mentally better just in general. Not people who will say, well, I never had that problem or this, that. You don't need those kind of people in your life. 
Um, and I want to end um, by saying a very, very famous quote by the late, great Jerry Springer. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. I'd like to thank my co-host and my lovely fiance, Ebony. Um, I am your host, Rasan, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.